You're listening to the Business Builders Book Club, helping you bridge the gap between knowledge and action. Whether it's an old classic or just hit the shelves, we've got you covered. Follow along with us and remember, information only becomes wisdom after it's applied. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This is the Business Builders Book Club, Episode 1. Today, we're covering three simple steps. This is part one of three parts we're going to do. And today, we have Jacob Manischewitz on to talk about this book. This is his recommendation. So, um, Jacob, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Russell, for having me. I'm very excited to uh, chat about this book. It's had a pretty big influence on the, the beginning of my career. Uh, like. Uh, I'm a, a mortgage agent in uh, downtown Toronto, and uh, I'm licensed to fund anywhere in the province. Uh, I work with a lot of first-time home buyers, uh, people looking for re- renewals on their mortgage for a lower rate or refinances as well. Um, and I'm very excited, like I said, to chat about this book. I'm very excited for your series. This is really cool what you're doing, and um, you know I have a lot to share about it, and uh, and lots to share about further reading as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So like we said, three simple steps. How did you find out about this book in the, in the first place? Like who, who sort of got you hip to it? Yeah, my, uh, the leadership at my brokerage, actually, my, uh, my principal broker, and my VP of sales are both big proponents of personal development. Um, and, you know, it parallels business development as well. And they're big believers that, you know, you work on yourself from the inside and that creates, you know, success on the outside as well. And, you can't be successful in business unless you're successful personally and, and uh, you know, psychologically and, and health-wise as well. And um, they actually, uh, my principal broker bought me this book um, and, uh, you know, with a nice inscription on the inside of the cover. And it really kind of started my personal development uh, journey. And I think it's a great place to, to really start it. It builds a good platform and makes you very well-rounded in the, you know, on the different aspects of, of uh, personal and, and professional development as well. Awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of cool that it's a launch pad for you. It's also going to be the launch pad for this podcast as we start to get into it. I love the I love the little detail you put in there that it's something that you've put into practice in your life and your business, right? Because the whole concept for this podcast is I find with myself, like I'll, I'll read a book uh, and then maybe I won't implement all the things that I could implement from it, right? So I, I think that this, the idea of this is to to get in there, get into the dirt of the book and like really pull out what's most valuable from it and then find ways to take some sort of actionable steps to to be able to uh, actually make the things that, that are most consequential in the book uh, affect your life in the most ways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, this book is great for that as well because it is three simple steps. It's three actionable steps and, you know, you can take them one at a time. You can go, you know, all in and, and go uh, try and hit all three of them at the same time. But, you know, it's very much for beginners as well. If you're just starting the journey of personal development and kind of don't know where, where to start, whether, you know, you think you want to do some journaling and maybe some meditation, but you also want to have some more, uh, you know, uh, real life situational kind of practices. It, it, it really, uh, you know, hits all those points and it, it's a great place to start in my opinion. 
Beautiful. Yeah, well, this is Three Simple Steps. It's by Trevor Blake. So um, why don't we get into a little bit? We can talk about this first section. Uh, And for those of you who uh, haven't listened before, which is everyone, this first episode, uh, the way this is going to work is we're going to have this split up into, uh, I think, three different episodes for this book so that we can really get into it. And each week we're going to sort of talk about the main ideas from that section of the book. And we're going to talk about ways that you and also we can implement these ideas into our business and some sort of tracking system to do that for the next week so that the next time we talk we can see like hey have we been able to add even more of this into our business for me add this at all right because it's the first time i've read the book but maybe for you there'll be some concepts that the first time you read it maybe didn't resonate as much and now they might uh make a bigger difference yeah, definitely, for sure. That's another great uh, point as well. I mean, this book is the kind of thing that you can read multiple times, and, and every time you read it, you get more out of it. And there's you know little tidbits that uh, you maybe you missed the first time, or or something that you can build on uh, the practices that you implemented the, the first time around as well. Beautiful. Yeah, I, I think that that's sort of the, the the hallmark of a good book, right? That you can you can go in there time and time again and always pull something different out of it. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So this this first section of three simple steps, um, I think a, a way to sort of sum it up is that it's about reclaiming your mentality, right? Like it talks about this concept of quicksand and how in life at times you can feel like you're in the quicksand. And it's that feeling of uh, wanting to take control of our own destinies, but not really having the, the resources to do that. Would you say that's kind of what this this first section is touching on most? Yeah, definitely. And, and I think the quicksand also refers to a lot of external influences that we experience on a, on a day-to-day basis, especially in, in such a, a you know, media-focused and, and consumer-focused uh, society that we live in. Um, these external factors can kind of drag us in certain directions without us knowing it. And I think that's kind of where the quicksand metaphor also uh, comes into play for sure. But yeah, reclaiming your mentality, it's uh, yeah, definitely the, uh, the thesis of the first first section of the book. Yeah, like talking about how these different influences can can pull you in different ways and maybe you don't have the most control over your life if you're allowing these external factors to to really make those decisions for you, right? Definitely. And it's about opening your eyes to the fact that you are influenced by these things. Because I think a lot of us go through life not realizing how influential, you know, certain external factors are on our, on our psyche and, and our um, our cognitive ability as well. And it's just kind of about shielding yourself, but also being able to be open to uh, growing in the positive directions, um, regardless of what these external factors are kind of uh, how they are playing on your on your uh, inner and outer, um, you know, abilities. Yeah, absolutely. And so we'll get even more into the, some of those points in more detail as we get going here. But the, I found it interesting because he this is one of those books where he kind of leans on storytelling to make his point. And Definitely. Then he'll go There's into a the, big first section that's a, a, a long story and it kind of it gets you uh, acclimatized to like his perspective. Right. And you can see where he's coming from. And when I first got into it, it kind of seemed a little bit out of place. Like I thought, is this a, just a, a book about a story about his mom or, or himself or something like that? But it uh, it plays an important role in um in uh, setting the stage for the rest of the of the section, I think. Yeah, so the story's about his mom, right? And I think the the gist of it is that his mom gets diagnosed with cancer, and they say, "Hey, like you you only have six months to live," and she sort of um, takes the approach to that diag- diagnosis that she's gonna fight it and doesn't even want to hear it, right? 
Yeah. And so he talks about how he thinks this mindset is what kind of allowed her to live for so long and be able to raise her kids, which they said she wouldn't be able to do and be able to be there as her kids went off and got married and uh, did these things. Yeah, it's a, and I think it's a really, uh, it, it caters to a bigger point um, and, and even a larger thing that maybe even uh, not be addressed in the entire book, but the fact that, uh, you know, we create our own reality with our, our mental space, right? And the fact that she denied um, the, the diagnosis, so to speak, really changed her reality, right? It, it changed her situation completely. And, you know, that's a whole other topic and there's lots of other reading that, that uh, we could do on that. But uh, yeah, and, and that's something that I've delved, uh, dived into as well is, um, you know, using your, your mental power to create your own reality and how powerful that can actually be. Yeah, because like, who's to say like, what is real and what is not real for any given person, right? Because the way we experience the world is so um, different from person to person based on and, and a huge amount of things like how they were raised, how we our opinions about things are biases, right? So I think there's definitely some truth in the fact that you can sort of take control of this thing that otherwise you just have innately, but take control it and shape it so that it's going to benefit you long term. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it's a, and it's a powerful story as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it ends and she ends up passing away after I think 14 years after she was supposed to. Right. And it, it's talking about her funeral and how there were all these people there that the family didn't even know she had any effect on, like telling yeah. stories about um, how she heard of this girl in the community who was going to school and didn't have any clothes like that, like the kids would make fun of her. So she like went out and helped her get clothes that actually fit her and it's like it really made me think like how are people going to remember me and how how do you want somebody to remember you after you're gone right like what kind of positive impact can we have on the people around us by creating this mentality that allows us to interact with people in that way yeah for sure i mean this part of her life that was supposed to be short and and sad and and painful turned out to be the most you know positive and influential um part of her life so yeah it's definitely amazing what the the power of thought can do in that respect exactly yeah so they take it from this story um where it's kind of abstract it's not telling you any sort of actionable steps to do make these changes and they go into um sort of talking about a formula for controlling your reaction do you want to talk a little bit about that yeah, for sure. I mean, there's there's a couple things that stuck with me, and and you know, from reading and rereading, I'm sure we'll be able to, you know, you can pull more points out of it. But um, the the main ones really uh, that stuck with me were the part about shielding yourself. So he he talks about a metaphor about putting the way I envision it is kind of a, a glass case around yourself. You know, when people are like growing plants in the garden, they're very young, and they put a big jar over top of it right. um, to protect it from squirrels or I don't know. Um, that's how I envisioned it myself when he described it in the book. And it's before, you know, you go out into the, the wild, you know, into society every day, you kind of put this shielding over yourself and you envision it um, deflecting all of the negativity. So all of the, the, you know, harsh advertisements and the negativity we see on the news and tabloids and that kind of thing. Um, it's this shield that really protects yourself so you, you don't allow any of that stuff to get in. So that was definitely one of the, the biggest takeaways for me from that part um, and a very um, influential metaphor, I guess, that he used there. Um, and the other um, 
biggest thing was not putting yourself in a situation where or removing yourself from a situation where you're experiencing negativity via somebody complaining, you know, a coworker complaining or somebody that you run into at the grocery store, you know, who's having a bad day or maybe they're just, you know, perpetually an angry person or whatever the case is, how you you remove yourself from that and, and put um, a positive spin on it. Um, and I guess one more thing would be um, the negativity coming out of yourself. We're all very um, conditioned to complain about everything. So, for example, you know, my condo is too small is something that I would complain about a lot if I was that kind of if my mentality was shifted in that direction. But I've worked mm-hmm. on myself to the point where when I see a thought like that coming up, you know, I'm trying to exercise in my condo and, you know, I keep hitting the wall because it's too small. Right. I, I spin it and you say something like, I'm so excited for when I have a big house that I get to live in. So it's taking that negative thought that starts to bubble up and you, you not that you press it down, but you spin it and you let it out in a different direction, in a positive direction. You talk about what you, what you want to see and what your intentions are when intentions is something that comes back later in the book, which is very important as well. Um, but yeah, like I said, it takes that negativity and spins it into something positive and therefore creates a positive reality around yourself. Yeah. And I think he gets very like, um, very practical about it, like saying that he truly believes that, uh, what you think about and the thoughts that you sort of put out there will be represented in your future and what comes to you, right? Like the more negativity or negative thoughts that you're thinking in a day, that's just going to amplify that negative aspect of your life. Have you found that to be the case that like this sort of abstract concept actually can manifest itself in some sort of physical reality? It's a good question. Um, and it's a, it's another one of those bigger topics. Um, there's a, a book called the secret, Um, And there's a book called The Power of Now that I got into afterwards that are a lot about the law of attraction, which is kind of the rule that describes the fact that what you put out there is what the universe is going to send back to you. So you put negativity out, you're going to get negativity back. The same thing with positivity. Um, And it's, it's hard to definitively say that it works and that it's just like there's a set formula and that you do this and this happens or you do this and this happens. But I can tell you that in a year and a half of growing myself and practicing this stuff, my life is completely different. Like I'm on a totally different trajectory than I was before I became a mortgage agent. And I'm sure that no matter what business I decided to go into, I would be on that same trajectory as long as I implemented these kinds of practices. And one of the greatest things about this book as well is that it's not just for business development, it's also for personal development. So, you know, if you put these these tidbits into practice, it's both your personal and professional life that will be on that same trajectory together. Um, yeah. So going back to your question, it's not really, a, it's, it's hard to say, like, would I be where I am now if I didn't do any of this? I'd say probably not. I'd say I'd probably have fewer clients. I'd probably be less happy with where I am, you know, in, emotionally and, and psychologically and that kind of thing. But who's to, who's to really say? Yeah. But so, you yeah. have to believe in it. You have to 100% commit to the practice. And then once you get, you know, two years, five years, 10, down, 10 years down the road of bringing this practice in, you're, you're not even going to think about the fact that, well, if I didn't do it, where would I be? You're just going to be so ecstatic with where you are and the ability that you perfected your uh, your ability to create your own reality that it's not really going to make a difference uh, to you whether 
you know, it works or not, because for you, it works. And that's really what's important. Yeah. So you're clearly a big proponent of this, like, just do it and you'll see your own results like as as they happen right because i think some people when they get into the sort of self-development realm of books there's a certain sect of people that are like hesitant to get into that because they think like oh can my thinking really really make that big of a difference or is this really rev relevant to the goals that i have in my business and in my life to sort of set this time aside but what you're saying is that just do it and you'll see the results down the road right yeah, you have to commit to it. You have to be 100% committed. If you're skeptical, the universe is going to see that you're skeptical and not give you 100% of the returns. Maybe they'll only give you 50% of the returns because you're only 50% committed, that kind of mm -hmm. thing. So really, it's it's you, you just got to dive in and, and give it a go. And I can guarantee that you'll see some kind of difference. And whether that's just you equating those developments with your practices or whether those developments would have happened on their own is really neither here nor there at that point, in my opinion, anyways. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And to the people that are sort of hesitant to get in, like, what are you really risking by adopting this mindset, right? Like, say you try to have this more positivity in your life, and you have all these, um, these negative thoughts, like sort of pushed out of your life, how is that going to do anything negative for you? Like, even if it doesn't make it make it so that your business is hugely successful and like what's the worst case scenario that's going to happen from you really adopting this right exactly you're going to be healthier inside and out guaranteed at the very least you know you're going to live a couple years longer if, if it doesn't help your business you know that's really up to you i think at that point yeah, I think you're right. So that sort of covers like the the situation, right? Like we're, we're controlling the thoughts that we have about situations that are happening and that sort of results in our, our reaction in our day-to-day -day lives, right? So that's, so we can control it by, by changing our thoughts. But there's also a section in here that's talking about controlling the situations that we find ourselves in. And you, you touched on this a little bit when you talked about like the news we consume, the people we're around, but uh, are there at least in your experience is there any like are there any tips that really can help you like get a, a leg up when you start to sort of consider what situations you're putting yourself into yeah i mean um there you can definitely look at your work life i mean a lot of us who are owning our own companies or you know business for self and and sole proprietors and that kind of thing we don't usually work in an office nine to five with the same amount of people every day it could be different for different people but you know for example before when i was a, a server at a restaurant you know i would work with the same people all the time and and these people usually would complain a lot and so if you you look at certain sections of your life like that maybe there's certain family members that you're around you know i'm fortunate enough that my family is are you know extremely positive people but I'm sure there's people out there who have family members that can be a bit of a downer sometimes. So, mm -hmm. you know, between work and family, um, we can definitely keep our eyes open for situations where we could remove ourselves politely from. And I know he uses that phrase in the book. You know, you don't have to tell people like, oh, you're being a negative Nelly and I'm out of here kind of thing. Yeah. You don't have to be like that. You can just, you know, politely excuse yourself from the situation. So there's ways to go about it like that. Um, and as it, not as it relates to interpersonal reaction uh, relations, but um, for example, when you're in line at the grocery store and you have the the tabloid magazines, you know, right next to you, and you can't help but look at what's happening with the royal family or what's happening with you know movie stars and that kind of thing, 
just don't look at the headlines. Like that's, that's something that I'm, I'm still working on because it's so difficult and I don't know what they do with those magazines, but it just draws you in. You have to look at it. You They're have masters to look at of their craft of like, just like getting it's something crazy, like baity title. It's yeah. just get you so owned in on it. Yeah. And you want to pick it up and you want to quickly flip through that article while you're waiting in line. And yeah. so you just, you really got to work on not getting drawn in by that kind of thing. Um, and the other big thing for me is uh, seeing the news on TV. Uh, you know, some restaurants or, uh, you know, lobbies, that kind of stuff. They have CP24 on the television. It's it's tough to not look at that stuff. And mm-hmm. you'll find yourself looking at it and then it goes through all of its newsreels and then it starts from the beginning again. And you're like, man, I've watched this whole thing. One you're time still watching. And, and you're still watching. It's got the weather on one side and then it's got the backup on the DVP underneath that. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, I, I just got to not, you, you got to look away because it's really, you know, 80% of it is negativity. And every once in a while, you'll see a blurb about, you know, the latest things some companies donated to charity, which is fantastic. But the majority of it is is stuff that um, impacts you on a negative level and forces you into a situation where you might make decisions based on negative influences. Yeah. Um, and one thing, so those are kind of two, those tab, the tabloids and the CB24 are really two like practical um situations that we all find ourselves in you know at, at some point during our week that we can really kind of work on from from square one to to remove ourselves from that situation um and a good strategy that i like to use when i'm doing that is to have a mantra or a happy place that you can divert to when you're in that kind of situation so something that you say to yourself that's very positive and healthy enough uplifting um or you know just a situation that you go to in your head where, you know, you're happy that's on the beach with a, a margarita, or, you know, whatever your happy place is, right? You can just go there and escape from what's going on. So you immediately counteract that negativity that's being pressed in on you with something positive and, and you turn it around. Yeah, and it's okay that it's sort of this artificial sort of um, creation in your mind because like this is the thing that I at least in this first third of the book it seems like they're really trying to hammer home is that your thoughts are your reality, right? So like, if if you see this awful picture on the news right like you might think like hey that's not me that's not having an effect on me but it's something that's coming like being drawn into you and then you think about it or you even just see that image and instantly that sort of thought goes out there and maybe that's going to come back into your life in some way like just that little bit of negativity so for like, sure yeah and that negative image can be what you portray your world as right you see pictures of of some like, war-torn part of the world and all of a sudden your perception of the world changes to our world is completely war-torn whereas you know it's not necessarily creating an immediate impact on you but it's just how you view the world and that's how in the end your world is it exists as war-torn as opposed to you know a nice speech yeah and it, it reminds me of the story that trevor blake tells in this first section about um being in a hotel lobby having a drink with his buddy right he's he's there and like they're having a conversation but every once in a while he notices his friend's eyes they like flick up every once in a while and he's like obviously like watching the cp24 like the newsreel like the ticker going by and then it, at some point, like his friends, like, oh man, look at that. Like, look at the state of the world. Like everyone's, everyone hates each other. Like, this is awful. Look at all these horrible things that are happening. And Trevor Blake's like, man, like take your eyes down and like look around this lobby or this like restaurant that we're in. It's like, how many people here 
do you see fighting or angry or mad at each other? And his friend's like, well, I guess I don't really see any, right? And he's like, okay, now take a second look around. How many people are like laughing, smiling, enjoying time with family? How many people are holding hands out on a first date? All these amazing things, right? So it's like, that is your world, right? Like, why why are we creating this artificial world based off of what these news sources are telling us, which may or may not be entirely accurate? Yeah, exactly. Especially, you know, this day and age, you really have to, Mm-hmm. Watch out for what, uh, you know, what media sources you're paying attention to and, and, and that kind of thing. And, you know, especially in the last few months, there's been a lot of things to um, be wary of that are kind of being forced in our, in our direction. So yeah. it's, it's I think it's even more pertinent these days that uh, we guard our mentalities. Yeah, especially in this first half of 2020, there's been so much going on. It's you, you just you make your opinions about things based off of what is shown to you in what you specifically read and i think they get into this specifically in the book even is saying you in order to get control of your mentality you have to become an individual again it says like at birth we're individuals right we have no impressions of the world but then we slowly get these biases and and build these things into our thinking that have just been given to us and it says like hey like we need to think about the things that we're consuming and create and craft our own individual mentality to make our minds up about these sort of things. Yeah, I agree. And that's a great point. And more to that is that if you think of, you know, the 15, 20, 25 years that you've been taken out of your individuality, you know, since your birth, it's going to take some time to, to get back into that state. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a lifelong practice. So, you know, for anybody listening, who's thinking about getting into it, um, don't be hard on yourself. You know, it, you take it day by day and some days are good. And some days, you know, you, you're not able to repel that negativity and it's okay. You know, like I'm only a year and a half in and I'm still an amateur, but I'm, you know, working diligently every day to kind of turn things around and it can take some time. So I guess my point is, um, don't, don't be hard on yourself about it. Yeah. It's a practice like anything else, right? Like you hear these words re- referring to like, to yoga or meditation or even like a medical practice right these are things that like you're going to be constantly learning and growing so you can't be hard on yourself if it's not all there right at the start right like it's sort of something that you have to to grow with or at least that's what it seems like yeah definitely it doesn't happen overnight and like we said earlier you know you got to have that level of commitment towards it as well absolutely yeah, so that that's beautiful. I think that covers most of what was uh, in this first little bit. Uh, do you have any other points in there that you don't think we've touched on? Um, no, I think that's about it. Um, I'd, I'd love to kind of chat about other further reading. We, maybe we can do it once we get to the end of the series on on this book and kind of maybe point people in the right direction if if they wanted to look into any any further. Uh, further uh, books that, you know, kind of expand on this topic. But the, the way the book is divided into these three parts, you can take any one of them individually and and expand on that um, as well. So, yeah, I'd love to talk more maybe in, in a later episode about, uh, you know, how we can expand uh, in a different direction. Because once you finish this book and we finish all three parts, you kind of have this very good, well-rounded base uh, platform from which to, you know, jump off of in, in uh, whichever Kind of direction whether you're more in the spiritual 
um, you want to grow in a spiritual direction, you want to grow in an in interpersonal direction, or maybe you want to grow in, in a lot more in the business professional direction. There's um, definitely uh, more reading to be done in, uh, in, depending on what your preference is. Yeah. So like, I haven't read the whole book yet, like the, like many of the listeners, right. But this first section seems like this is kind of the more spiritual mentality section of it. And from that, there's like this whole branch of other books we can read. Like since we're on this now, like, do you have any like favorite, favorite books that cover that? I've, I've, I think I've read power of now, maybe that, and you mentioned that earlier, is that sort of like the go-to for you for this sort of uh, topic? I, I mean, I just finished it um, about a week ago um, and it's, it's good. It's, there are a couple things that I have issues with and you'll find like, as you start to develop a sense for personal development, you'll be able to kind of nitpick at other people's ideas and be like, mm, I don't know about this. But, but again, you kind of just got to dive in and try it all. Um, the power of now is good, but I would recommend the secret um, by Rhonda Byrne. It, uh, there was a movie. I didn't watch the movie. I wouldn't recommend watching the movie. I would read the book. Yeah. Um, and it's fantastic. It's really a compilation of interviews that she did with a lot of influential people in the personal, spiritual. There's a little bit of a religious aspect in there as well. But what I like about it is that it's it's very practical. Mm. Um, and um, she talks about the power of attraction or the law of attraction, rather. And that's really about creating your own reality through your thoughts and actions. And so it kind of it, it's a, definitely an expansion on the first part of, of three simple steps. So if you're interested in, in more of the, you know, creating something inside to then create something outside of you, that I would definitely recommend uh, reading The Secret. Yeah, it seems like it's a it's a sort of a common theme across some other books that I've read also, right? It seems like a lot of people who are building up these businesses focus a lot on um, on their inner development, right? Because that's sort of like a, a, a ceiling that's there for how much you can grow in other aspects of your life, right? Like if you work on this one thing that is the ceiling, maybe like your relationships become better, your business becomes better, right? So I think at least in my opinion, it's a valuable thing to, to check out. For sure. And I mean, I can guarantee that anybody that you see as a, a influencer in your um, in your industry or somebody who you aspire to be like, whether it's on a personal or professional level, has taken these practices into account in some form or another. Because like you said, there is a ceiling um, that we have inside of ourselves and we have to grow that. And um, I'm not sure how much Trevor Blake uses the verbiage manifest in Three Simple Steps, but that's definitely um, kind of the the verb that I would just, I would use to describe this, you know, creating something inside to create it outside. You, you manifest it through your, your thoughts and actions. And um, yeah, like I said, there, I think most successful people in this world have, have used that practice to, to some extent or another. Yeah. And it's interesting to, to talk about just the word manifest a little bit, because like, I think like whether Trevor Blake believes like in manifestation or not, which it seems like he does, it could be a strategic thing uh, to not use manifest as the verbiage for it, because I, I think that like some people, when they hear that, they're like automatically going to like think like, OK, this is some sort of like spiritual, like airy, not applicable stuff. Yeah. So the fact that he doesn't use it that I think it could be a strategic sort of thing like, hey, like this is a way of thinking that doesn't need to be this abstract sort of uh approach yeah um i agree I, I mean 
personally, for me, I wouldn't discount any any author um, from using that kind of language because you should be open to anything. Because even if manifest has a negative connotation to you, you should be open to breaking that negative connotation as well. But you know, that's something that that comes with time and, and practice. And um, another author that I would look into is uh, Yuval Noah Harari. Um, okay. He's written Sapiens. Um, Homo Deus, and uh, the one I'm reading right now is 21 Lessons for the 21st Century. Sapiens is fantastic. I, I listened to that. It, it's a big book. It's a big book. But I, I, yeah, I listened to that on Audible, and it's like, wow. Yeah, he's a really smart guy, um, and he really has a handle on kind of our um, our path as a as a as a as a species, species. yeah. yeah. Uh, but from a, a historical and more political, he's less, he's not very spiritual um, and he's not personal developmental at all. Um, it's more of a, a historical and, and politically oriented uh, read. So if, if that's kind of your, your uh, genre of choice, then definitely get into it. But it, um, it really helps create a, a setting for us to think about ourselves as, you know, just as biochemical forms that experience these things and how that might relate to the law of attraction. You can really help formulate your own opinions on it, but it also helps keep you grounded in the fact that we really have not evolved from, um, you know, the earliest homo sapiens who were wandering the African savanna with spears and, you know, creating fire by, you know, clacking two rocks together and that kind of thing. And, you know, we think of ourselves as these highly evolved beings, but, essentially we're no different than those things were, you know, 10,000, 20,000 or 30,000 years ago, because not a lot of evolution can happen in that amount of time. So we also mm -hmm. have to give ourselves the benefit of the doubt that we still have this tribal mentality. We still have this um, need to, to come together as a, as a group and as a society, whether it is about negative things that we have in common or not. Um, and I know that's something that uh, Trevor Blake touches on in the first uh, part of Three Simple Steps as well, is um, that we come together as a group around a negative concept. Like mm -hmm. we'll get along based on the fact that we all don't like something. You can bond with somebody so quickly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And that comes that goes back to the fact that we're biologically programmed to to be in groups of people. You know, we want to stick together because the bears, you know, are, are dangerous to us and we can protect ourselves in larger numbers from any kind of predator or, um, uh, you know, other uh, negative uh, external factors. And if you group around, like, we all hate this thing, it could be better for the society as a group if you're thinking about, like, um, a long time ago, right? If there's one person that is constantly causing problems for your small amount of nomadic people like and they're hoarding food or like it could be beneficial for survival of a human to bond together over this this uh, hatred towards a person so that maybe they're exiled right so it's like that way of thinking may not be beneficial for us anymore but it's so ingrained right that's why this is so hard to implement for sure you have to grow out of your evolution um, but in within your lifetime, which yeah. seems essentially impossible. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, that, that's such an interesting topic. And yeah, that Sapiens book isn't one we'll have to do another time on here because the themes that you can see about humanity and it can teach you so many lessons. And it, I, I should go back to it. It's been about a year since I've read it. So that's a good uh, Yeah, fantastic. I, I, kind of, I try and go back and forth between self-development and then more historical narrative or politically oriented books, just so I kind of have that balance between um, 
you know, those two, those are my two things, favorite things to read about, I guess. So, you know, going back and forth between them kind of gives you a nice balance. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's always good to vary the sort of things you're reading to prevent any sort of burnout, right? You're always excited to like, okay, now I'm going to get back to this thing that I missed because it's been a month or two weeks or however long since I've dug into it. Yeah. So to, to close off this show, we're going to go into this last segment. Um, and it sort of touches on what I talked about at the top of the show. And that's um, that when you read a book, it's very easy not to implement anything. Uh, if you don't have some sort of practical steps to take or some sort of trackable method to actually implement some of the concepts from the book. So I thought we'd take a minute here, Jacob, and we can uh, talk about and sort of come up with some sort of system that we can more heavily implement some of these concepts from this first third of the book into our life for the next week so that when we come back next week we can talk a little bit more about how we found it maybe tweaks that we'd make for the future yeah for sure i i mean the number one thing would be just trying to pay more attention to your thoughts and trying to pay more attention to the external influences in your daily life Okay. So when you're walking down the street, for example, just pay attention to what's coming in and how that's affecting your reaction to that as well. I think that's something that we should have touched on that we didn't is that your reaction is really what creates your reality as well. And that, you know, our reactions are all emotional based and their reactions to external factors that are coming in. So, you know, just think about how you think about your thoughts and, and it's a hard practice to get into and think about how you're feeling um, just when you're walking down the street or you're waiting in line or something like that. And I think, you know, the, the blocking out the negativity. So avoiding the tabloids section in the grocery store line and not looking at the CP24 when you're waiting in the lobby or whatever, I think those are very good, you know, things that we encounter almost on a daily basis that, uh, you know, maybe in the next week we can, um, we can work on, uh, you know, removing ourselves or, or taking ourselves from that situation into our happy place. But I think it, it really starts with paying attention to how you're feeling and your thoughts and reactions to external influences. Then if okay. you can kind of master getting into that mindset, then that is a good way to just like strengthening a muscle, right? It's a practice just like any kind of other mental or physical practice. You're strengthening a muscle um, so that, you know, you can react stronger and better and uh, when you when you're in that situation anytime in the future yeah so I think that's a, a great idea so we're gonna take a look at what uh, what we see and um, and how we react to them what I want to get into is like how can we like track this throughout the week really clearly like it do you think maybe we like take a notebook and then like have it with us for the next week or some sort of small piece of paper or maybe even like a document on our phones where we can actually like in the moment write down this thing that we're seeing and how either we didn't succeed in reacting positively to it or how how we did do you think that's or is there any method that comes to mind that you think we can like have something that's concrete that we can look at and track yeah i i mean um we can look at complaining um that's a big thing that we we all do all the time without even noticing and so if you can work on noticing when you complain and maybe write that down or write down how you spun that complaint into a, a positive affirmation then that's a good way to track it as well and just see you can look back at the week and see how many times you caught yourself complaining and then if you go to the next week and you see that you caught yourself complaining less maybe it's because you're not paying attention as much or maybe it's because you're actually complaining less and 
Um, another strategy that I implemented for a while is that if you live with a partner, you can ask your partner to call you out on your complaints. Okay. You know, you can say, hey, just anytime you hear me complaining about something, just tell me I'm being negative. And, and, and so it's kind of an indicator. So you also have a, a you know, second set of eyes on your mentality so that even if you don't catch yourself doing it, maybe somebody else will. Um, okay. So that's something that, that's worked for me in the past as well. All right. So that sounds good. So that's what I'm going to do for the next week. And you're welcome to join me on this so we can talk about it. I'm going to like bring my phone around with me like I do anyways, right? Like then we don't have to carry a book in our pocket or anything. I'm going to bring my phone around and have either like a, a Google Doc or like um, I use Google Keep as my notes thing as well. So I'm going to have it on me every single time I notice myself thinking something negative. I'm going to write it down and how I'm going to spin it. And like I, like you said, I'm going to get my girlfriend who I live with, Steph, I'm going to get her to to call out every single time I'm complaining about something so that I can it's, notice it, that. It works. It's it's funny how it works. And it also, you know, it kind of influences your partner a little bit as well. And they stop thinking negatively because they want to join in with you. You know, they don't, they don't just want to call you out on your complaints, but they also kind of want to join in and the, the thing to keep in mind is that when you're spinning something negative, just make sure you're turning it into something positive, not just another negative thing, because that can, you know, like I use the example, you know, oh, I, I hate how small my condo is. You turn that around until I can't wait until I live in my big, beautiful house. And you say it like it's going to happen, not like if it might happen. So you have yeah. to talk about it like it is a reality. And that's something that comes up later in, in the book as well, which I'm sure we'll get into a lot, but saying something like it already is or like it mm. it's going to be a reality is much better than saying if or or i hope or something right like it'll be great on move-in day at my uh four thousand square foot mansion or whatever right excited to move in can't wait you know there's going to be so much room i'm going to have a great backyard like that kind of thing that's that's what you, what you want to say not like i hope one day you know i'll have a house big enough for all of my yeah. stuff that i have yeah absolutely yeah i i i, I picture myself like having a hard time like you're saying like to get your significant other or whoever you're living with people you're around all the time to call you out i feel like the times that i'm complaining that's like the last thing i want to hear too right like i'm looking <laughs> for sympathy or like looking for <laughs> some sort of like some sort of soothing about like whatever thing i'm pissed about but it i feel like that's going to be tricky to like be like yeah i ask you to do this like this is how you need to react so that i can learn how to properly react to the, these situations and thoughts right for sure and and it'll you'll get better at that as well and you'll you'll find that you'll go you won't go as deep into a negative space so you won't be so far into the negativity that you'll you know be angry that somebody's calling you out on it you could just stop take a breath and be like oh you're absolutely right you know i shouldn't have been saying this let's go you know let's say this instead or let's go and do this instead so it it just keeps you from shifting so far into the negativity that you're always kind of just teetering on that line and you you want to fall back into the positive space at all times and then eventually you'll just be on the positive side of the fence and you'll never have to worry about it again but that takes time and practice yeah it's like all about shortening and shortening that distance like to the fence right like right now like oh like maybe it's taking me 20 minutes to like get out of this funk that i'm in on this day but like as you push this the 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 goal posts closer together right we, the goal is to get over that yeah awesome well, i think that's a, a good project for us for the week and we'll read this next section which is the second section in the book i think depending on the print edition that you have it could be different pages but section two it's pretty pretty easy to to 
Step number two. Yeah, of the three simple steps. There you go. Beautiful. Well, before we uh, finish up here, Jacob, I want to give a chance for you to plug anything that you're doing. I know you're mentioning you might be doing some sort of um, some live shows or some recordings of your own, or where can people reach you if they want to uh, get in touch? Yeah, I think most of my content is probably uh, amalgamated on my Instagram. So I'm at Jacob Mortgage Matchmaker on Instagram. Uh, Your Mortgage Matchmaker is, is my personal branding. Um, so I've been doing, uh, I have been doing, we'll be doing some more IG lives on Instagram. Um, and for people that don't have as much of an Instagram presence, I'll be doing stuff like this where we record a Zoom session and then I'll be posting that on Instagram um, and probably LinkedIn as well. Um, but yeah, definitely check me out on Instagram. That's kind of where all my content is is amalgamated and you can, uh, you can go from there. Perfect. And, and you said for the mortgage side of your business, you, you can do anywhere in Ontario, right? So if anyone listening... I mean, I can do anywhere in Canada. I have the connections to be able to do that. But personally, I'm licensed in Ontario. And, and I work the most in the GTA. Uh, I do some uh, Hamilton, London, Niagara region as well. But yeah, I can, I can uh, fund anywhere in, in the province. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, awesome. Well, thanks again so much for uh, coming on the show today. And I guess I'll see you in about a week and we'll talk about this next section. Looking forward to it, man. It was a pleasure. I love talking about this stuff and I'm so glad that you're open to it. And um, I'm hopefully we can, you know, bring this to other people as well, whoever's interested in it. Beautiful. All right. I'll talk to you again soon, man. Sounds good, Russell. Thanks a lot. See you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Business Builders Book Club, helping you bridge the gap between knowledge and action. Stay tuned and remember, when information becomes action, things start to happen.